Bentley University Fellowship Church podcast. My name is Chris Moore. We get together twice a week and we bring you what we've been chewing on in God's Word, what's been encouraging us, edifying us, and convicting us, hopefully, to offer you some of that uh, some of that value as well. So this week we've got Sean Duncan, the man. Hey, yo. S. Dunkey, I call him. <laughs> uh, Sean, you are just a refresher for everyone, in case they're jumping in. Okay. You are the college pastor. Yep. Here at University Fellowship Church. Yeah, college ministry on the U of O campus. Um, the, those young-looking folks who are <laughs> in that second service, usually towards the front of the room, those are college students. That's it. Yeah. And you also fun. do the Bible Project. Yeah. So for all the people in the first service, they're like, I have never heard of this guy, Sean Duncan. It's because I'm uh, in, a, in a small classroom with about 40 <laughs> other UFCers, and we're just reading through the Bible together in a year, and it's a ton of fun. Yeah, join it. You guys yeah. should all be a part of that. That'd yeah, it's never too late. So good. Yeah. Well, you have been working us through Matthew 5, the Sermon on the Mount. So why don't you get us caught up here? Yep. Um, and also, um, I had McDonald's for lunch today. <laughs> <laughs> End of the story. That's it. <laughs> That's it. I just, just wanted, wanted you to know. You know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like there was that supersized movie that came out like yeah. years ago, years yeah. ago. And one of the things they, they showed was how, how like a McDonald's <laughs> burger and fries degrade and how it does not yeah. break down. And I was thinking while you're doing the intro, like what we're chewing on in God's word and like <laughs> and giving it to you and stuff like that. I was like, well, I chewed on this last summer <laughs> and every week I've like still been talking about it now for like, we're pushing a year. Yeah. Like in, in just a few months, it'll be a year of us talking about the Sermon on the Mount. So this is basically like my McDonald's burger sitting in my belly. That's it. Yeah. The, the word of God never degrades. <laughs> never <laughs> degrades. Yeah. Like a McDonald's cheeseburger. Although heaven and earth will pass away, a quarter pounder will remain forever. <laughs> okay. That'll preach. That sounds heretical. So anyways, Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5 to Matthew chapter 7. It's Jesus' longest recorded teaching, and he is teaching his disciples. It's it's his first long speech to his disciples, and he starts by blessing them before he tells them anything to do or anything that... Um, they've done or haven't done. He just says, you're blessed. So that's Jesus' first words to his disciples is, you are blessed. And he calls them the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Um, and then he directs the attention to himself. And he says, I am not creating anything new. I'm not abolishing the law and the prophets, the Old Testament. I'm fulfilling it. I'm bringing it to its culmination. So one of the first ways he shows us how he does that is by by working through Old Testament law and showing us the point that it's, it's, it's not just the action, but the motivation. And he pushes everything into the heart. And in chapter six, which we, we've been in for the last few weeks, he shifts from um, basically ethical laws of the Old Testament into what we would call spiritual disciplines or practices. So he's, ta- we, he's talked about giving to the poor. He's talked about fasting. He's talked about prayer. And, and all throughout it, there's this ongoing beat and repetition of, of, of doing it so that you'd be seen by your father who is in heaven or your father who sees in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you rather than doing it to be seen by your peers. And he says, if you do it, if that's why you're praying in the streets to be seen by people, you've received your reward. They saw you. Congratulations. Should we give them another round of applause, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so that's where we've been. And that's what kind of where we're picking it up is he's been building on these spiritual practices, talking about this reward and pursuing a reward from your father who sees in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you rather than pursuing the reputation and recognition of your peers. All right, so that's where we're picking it up. So good. Cool. So we're going to look today at verses 19 through 24 of chapter 6. 
And this is kind of like a two-parter where next week it'll be like part two of the same idea that he's been building. It's just one sermon. We've just been spending tons of time looking at one sermon of Jesus. Okay. Here is it. Here is it? Here is it. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. (laughs) My Yoda in here. Jeez Louise. Anyways, the Bible. You remember watching uh, <laughs> Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what was going through my head I right do, there. I hear it now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was lost there for a second. Matthew <laughs> chapter 6, verses 19 through 24. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Hmm. That's the text. Wowzer. Yep. So... Uh, yeah, that was like three different ways to say the same thing, kind of. Exactly. Um, And these uh, are all really popular sayings of Jesus. Like These are some of the more recognizable things that he says. And usually you encounter them as one-offs and separated from each other, but they are one coherent idea. And he's he's using just basically three mental pictures to communicate one reality. Um, And he's making his point in verse 21 and then at the end of verse 24, so his point that he's making in these is where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. And then you cannot serve God in money. Mm-hmm. Like Those are like the points that he's pushing into our hearts right now. And he's doing it through these visual picture, word pictures that he's giving us. So the, the first one is this idea of treasure. And actually, I was looking into it and the word for treasure and the the phrase do not lay up, like the verb lay up. It's the same word. It's just one's a verb, one's a noun. So it's like he's saying, don't lay up for yourselves things you lay up. Huh. On earth. Don't so, treasure treasure. Yeah, don't, don't, don't treasure up treasure uh-huh. on earth where moth and rust destroy, but treasure up treasure in heaven <laughs> where neither moth nor rust destroy or thieves do not break it and steal. Because <laughs> um, originally I was like, I thought I was going to look at this word and be like, oh, it's like a word for gold or a word for riches. Mm-hmm. But it's, he's really just getting at the sense of, the thing that you find valuable. So all of us find things valuable mm-hmm. and that is the thing that we store up and you can talk to anyone and they probably have some sort of weird collection in their house. Um, I have a binder in my garage full of Pokemon cards and speed racer trading cards. Whoa. Go, there you go. go figure. Anything? Oh, I have no idea. I mean, uh-huh. probably a lot, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know so that's something that I, I, I th- saw as valuable as a kid. So I collected them mm-hmm. and I had a little booklet and like little sleeves to put it in. I also have a box full of rocks. Like just like a, a weird rock collection that just I nice. had. Cause I don't know, between the age of seven and 12, I thought I was like a geologist. And, <laughs> and I was like, this is fool's gold. And this is an agate. And I'm like, okay, what is going on? <laughs> um, one of my good friends has an insane shoe collection. Like oh yeah so many shoes that's and one of, a culture man and one of the things he does is he buys shoes and sells shoes mm-hmm. so at those limited edition yeezys like he'll try to be in the raffle to buy them and then upsell them but sometimes he just keeps them 
Uh, and my brother was doing that for a while too. But that's something that he sees is valuable. And yeah. that's why they do it. What do you weirdly collect, Chris? Oh, gosh. Uh, books for sure. Yep. Uh, you always are walking in with books that I know you're not reading. <laughs> Those just look it's, nice on a shelf. It's osmosis. I get, I get it from just being close to them. Yeah, books. I know you like the uh, the paperback Puritan books I do. or whatever. Yeah, the Puritan paperbacks are some of my favorites. If anyone wants to talk to me about Puritans, I know enough to get into trouble. And I love them. <laughs> I love the Puritans. But yeah, stuff that if my house burned down would be gone Yeah, in a flash. And you get those and maybe you read some of them, but mm-hmm. then you just put them somewhere and like yeah. you have like a shelf. Like those are my my Puritan paper. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm a lot of fun at parties, Sean. You yeah. have no idea. <laughs> and you know, maybe someone's sitting there and they're like, I don't really have one of those things. It's like, well, just open up your your iPhone or your Samsung and look at your photo album. Yeah. And see what you take photos of. Mm-hmm. That is what something you're storing up. And for any parent, it's probably their kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to rail on, like mentally rail on parents who <laughs> just like all their photo album is just their kids i've had a kid for six months and <laughs> for the last six months it is hard to find a photo that's not just of my daughter yeah. literally laying on the floor doing the exact same thing <laughs> i've tried really hard not to be the parent who's like look how cute my kid is yeah um <laughs> you pull out the strip of photos but something i value and yeah. i'm I just, I lay up the things that I value in my phone and, and in my, all my bookshelves and things like that. So that's what Jesus is talking about is he's really just talking about what do you value? So where does this go wrong? Right? Cause you loving your daughter is a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know about the period of paper, thing, but you know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> so what is Jesus getting at here? Yeah. What he's getting at is, is, is not just what you value, but what you ultimately value. Um, it, cause his point, uh, that he's getting at in this first thing, he's, his little building block is where your treasure is there. Your heart will be also. So, um, same classic Jesus here in the sermon on the Mount, always making it a heart issue mm-hmm. and your heart is, is not merely the way we think of it, where that's where my love comes from or my emotions. This is the center of your volition and your will or your decision-making. This is, is the way we think of our mind is the way Jesus and another first century person would have been thinking of the heart. So where the things that you you value are, the things that you value, that is indicative of your heart. Mm -hmm. So he's trying to actually show you that um, even though your heart is something internal to you, it's very visible to you. Yeah. So you are, you are able to see the thing that you value most in your life very easily. So you actually have living mirrors all around you and it's very then easy to say, do I value God? Mm. And that's a hard question for a lot of people to be confronted with. Do I value God? Because it's not bad to value your daughter or Puritan paperback books or um, Pokemon cards by any reason or Yeezys if you have a shoe collection. (laughs) But when you value those and you don't value God, you're setting your hope in thing that, as Jesus says, um, moth and rust destroy and thieves can break in and steal. So if if the thing that you're all your value is put in, not, not only the thing that you see valuable, but like actually your value, your personal value is put in those things. Yeah, your identity. And if that thing can be taken or destroyed, then you can be taken and destroyed. Mm-hmm. So you are in a very dangerous spot if your the thing that you value the thing that your value is in is something that is destructible. So he's, Boy, isn't that timely? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if like identity is anything that <laughs> people, people struggle with right now in our, our modern day and culture. Oh my um, goodness. But yeah, so he's, so he's redirecting you to, to say, where's your value? Mm-hmm. 
And is your value in the things that you value here on earth or in God himself? So that's his first push and challenge. So maybe just some, some silence. Dear listener, uh, what, what is the thing that you value? Okay, so that's, <laughs> that's step number one. Then he takes it a, a little step further. So he's talking about where, where are your treasures, where are the things that you lay up are, there is your own value and your own desires and your own decisions. Mm-hmm. It's, it's indicative of your own motivations and heart. So then he, he uses a different little um, metaphor with your eyes. The eye is the lamp of the body. In other words, um, the thing that like lights you up is your eyes and what your eyes see. If your eye is healthy, your whole body body will be full of light. Uh, in other words, what your eye sees, if that's a healthy thing, um, it is replenishing to you and it's good for you and it's nourishing for you. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. So if you set your eyes on bad things, <laughs> sooner or later, you become filled with bad stuff we mm-hmm. were doing that men's breakfast for seven weeks leading yeah. up to easter that was pretty fun um that's now in the past and this podcast was recorded in the past for the listener <laughs> <I'm just laughs> trying to make people time is hurt. weird <laughs> yeah um uh but anyways i was in a small group one of the one of the mornings with some people and we were talking about things that we amuse ourselves with because mm-hmm. um, we were moving from amusement to i think silent or simplicity i think it was amusement to simplicity something yeah. like that um and we were talking about it and one of the guys in the group was like man news like yeah. news channels i watch news channels because like that's what i do to entertain myself but then i get so like viscerally angry mm-hmm. at the world and i just heard a really interesting study um this is just popping my mind but um crime rates like violent crime rates in america have been decreasing consistently for the last like 60 years to where um, the violency rate of crimes in America right now is at the lowest it's ever been since 1960s. And that was like early 1960s was arguably like the, the safest time in America. And yet news outlets show more and more violent crimes. And so you have this sense that America is becoming more violent in its crime rates when really it's becoming less violent. Gosh, that's but because, nauseating. But because of the thing that you watch, mm-hmm. it's projecting an image of violence you become filled with anger which is as jesus talked about um the heart of violence and murder when you become angry so that's what jesus is talking about like the thing that you set your eyes on is the thing that you become so if you're setting your eyes on good things it's cleansing and healthy to the body if you set your eyes on bad things like if you're constantly looking at dominoes it's it's weird i look at a carbohydrate and i put on 15 pounds (laughs) what's going on in my life that's kind of what jesus is saying right here um and then he ends it with like this brilliant piece of information. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? Mm. Okay, so good one, Jesus. Yes. <laughs> if it's dark, it's really dark. But it, if the only light that you have, which is if he's changing metaphors, the light is the thing that you're setting your focus on. So your treasures, mm-hmm. the, that's the light that you're looking at. And that light might be an actual light or it's darkness. But if the thing that you value and put your value in is something of darkness or decay or maybe something that we would say is sinful, mm-hmm. it destroys you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it not just not just destroys um, like your well-being, but like destroys fundamentally who you are and it corrupts and destroys your identity. Wow. Uh, that's that doesn't hard. sound dangerous at all. Yeah, it's heavy hitting. Yeah, I, I just uh, am almost finished with a book called 
Hole in Our Holiness, I think, by Kevin DeYoung. Mm. And he's the whole book's about holiness. But one of the things he talks about is he I asks, want to put it together. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Big leap there. Um, one of the things he talks about is he he uses the barometer of a, of a question to determine if what he's looking at is godly, if it mm. honors God. Um, and he says, can I thank God for this thing? Mm. And if he can't thank God for that thing, he probably ought not to be putting his eyes on it. Yeah. And I think likewise here, I mean, we can all look at, you know, uh, the the sunset and go, wow, thank you, God, for this mm-hmm. thing. But, you know, you're four hours into the news cycle going, what is this produced? Yeah. Can I thank God for that? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, so he takes it one step further. So he he's actually, this whole section, these three, th- these quote unquote three things are, is one thing that he's saying and he's pushing towards his punchline. Mm-hmm. So now he turns and he's like, I'm done with like the metaphors. Let's just talk straightforward with each other. No one can serve two masters. Either he'll hate the one, will love the other, or he'll be really devoted to the one and he'll despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Hmm. So what is Jesus' point? You cannot money. serve God and money. And, and the Greek word here is um, mammon. And um, throughout church history, people go back and forth about, is Jesus talking about possessions and wealth? Or is he referring to um, a Syrian deity named Mammon, who is the god of wealth and possessions? Interesting. So uh, I, I don't see those as being opposing ideas. I, I think that Jesus is saying either you serve God or you serve Mammon, in which case Mammon, when you serve him, he gives you possessions and wealth. So uh, anyone who is filled with greed whether they know it or not and they're they're constantly trying to acquire more possessions more wealth well effectively they are a slave to that money they're not they're not um using that money they're a slave to it and what they're doing is they are they are worshiping mammon and mammon is the one who rewards them with some physical possession Mm -hmm. money house second house third house boat whatever it might be third car tesla um i don't know (laughs) Yep. So yeah, he's, it's it's the whole thing from treasure to the light um, to now who you serve has all been about allegiance. Mm. I wonder if it because I think okay, what is money? Money itself is not evil, right? Nope, not at all. Made that very yeah. clear. Um, so what is the where does it go wrong? And I'm thinking, okay, what is the idol? Is it self sufficiency? Is it autonomy? Mm-hmm. Is it overindulgence? Like those seem to be the ways that money goes off the rails mm-hmm. real quick. Yeah, well, let's um let's just take it and put it back into our Jesus filter of what he's talking about. So mm-hmm. if when does money become wrong? Well, what about when it's something that I lay up to lay up? Mm-hmm. A, a treasure that I treasure. Mm-hmm. And it's where my heart is. Yeah. It's the thing that not only I value this thing, but it's that my value comes from. Mm-hmm. Um I I like having money <laughs> like, yeah. and um, maybe I, as a pastor, I shouldn't say this, but I, I seem to always wish I had a little bit more money. You know, it'd be, be awesome to one day buy a house or it'd be awesome to one day like buy those things. But also the lack of money that I have doesn't destroy me. Yeah. But for some people it does. So the 2008 market crash, um, when the housing market crash and stocks were going down and people were committing suicide over it right. because their value was in money. 
and you can either serve God or you can serve mammon. You can't serve both. And when the thing that you, not only that you value, but the thing you find your value in is ripped out from underneath you, you lose yourself also. And that's mm-hmm. like, we saw very real evidence of that happening then. We've seen it um, recently in the last two years with COVID and the way it's had um, social decay on people and um, with, with various um, age groups and social spheres, the way the suicide rates have gone up. Um, mm-hmm. That's the tip of the iceberg. Like that's what you is visibly noticeable, but it's just evidence of a huge problem going on of, yeah. of people finding ultimate value in things that are not sustainable and things that ultimately are not God. Like, of course you're either going to crush that thing or that thing is going to crush you if you want it to be God when it can't be God for you. Yeah. I've always used the analogy of if you want to find someone's God, touch their, their purse, you know, mm. it, in the sense of like finding that you'll you'll find that vulnerable thing when they respond in a way. What are you doing with my wallet? What yeah. are you doing with my purse? Why? Are you, what are you snooping around here for? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, there's like a, a there something comes alive in them, and there's mm-hmm. like a defensiveness. And I think if you you know you you're friends with somebody long enough, you probably start to get a feel for what that is, and and hopefully they have that with you as well, and you're aware and can keep each other accountable. But yeah, I think it was Tim Keller who said, uh, if you want to find someone's idol. Or if you want to find your own idol, um, trace your fantasies or your angers back into your heart. Because mm, those good. the things that you fantasize over or you get viscerally angry about um, often are indi- indicators of like the thing that you idolize. Idolatry. Yeah. Is That's it good. wrong to be angry? No. Mm-hmm. Is it wrong to have dreams? No, um, but everything can go too far. And that's that's a matter of allowing the word of God to confront you and to challenge you and then being able to be honest and, and one saying, um, Lord, search me and know me, but then also being able to say like the psalmist say, like, why are you downcast on my soul? Or, or God, why does my heart feel this way right now? Like what's going on inside me? Um, ex- help me expose whatever I'm I'm trying to serve or I am serving without knowing over you. So. Yeah. So this is step one of Jesus's uh, turn towards money and possessions. And that's what we're going to talk about again next week too. Sweet. Yeah. Well, timely stuff, applicable stuff, relevant for all of our lives. So thank you for bringing this on. You bet, man. All right, guys. Well, hopefully you enjoyed it as much as I did. We will get you guys next time. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you to our guests for coming and sharing what they've been chewing on in God's Word. We produce these podcasts and release them twice a week, so please subscribe so you don't miss out on one. And don't forget, love God, love your neighbor, and make disciples.